Hello and welcome to KMUK's Kind to Your Mind podcast. When you're having a tough time, it's pretty tempting just to retreat into yourself and feel like you're the only one struggling. Spoiler alert, you're not. And that's what this podcast is all about. Opening up and sharing about a variety of topics to make us all feel a little less alone. There's power in talking, so let's chat. We'll cover everything from how to support a colleague or friend, personal stories of living with mental health problems, and a variety of general wellbeing topics like domestic abuse and neurodiversity. So let's get started. Hello. Back in 2020, we released a Kind to Your Mind podcast on the topic of domestic abuse and how it can impact people in the workplace. Since then, the well-being team and the HR policy team have worked hard to develop a domestic abuse policy and commissioned training for line managers on how to respond to disclosures of domestic abuse in the workplace and support our colleagues who may be experiencing it. Today, we release a second podcast to talk about the positive impact managerial support and training can have on a colleague experiencing domestic abuse. Joining me for this important topic today is Esther McGillivray. Before we begin, it's important to acknowledge that this topic can be difficult to talk about or hear about for many people for a variety of reasons. Ensure you're in the right space and environment to listen, and we'll list some support resources at the end of the podcast. You're welcome to contact me or Esther if you would like to discuss this subject privately. Hi, Esther. Thank you for joining the podcast. Tell us about yourself. How, uh, how long have you been with KN and what is your role and what do you love about your job? Hi, Angela. Thank you for inviting me. I've been with KN for four years now and over that time reported to and worked for a variety of people, helping to support them and the site in general and all the people who work here. I love my role as no two days are the same. I get to meet everyone on site and love helping to make their day better behind the scenes by looking after the subcontractors and day-to-day needs of everybody. Oh, that's great to hear about your role and your time with Kunagal. I understand you'd like to share your story today about domestic abuse, is that right? Absolutely. I heard that KN were developing training for line managers on the subject and wanted to support the project so people could gain an understanding of the issue from a personal aspect and the impact that managers have in the way they handle it. Well, thank you very much for being willing to share it with us today. Would you tell us about your experience? I suffered from domestic abuse for a long time, starting some years before I even joined KN. It started as controlling behavior, gaslighting, and got worse over time, ending up with physical abuse. In 2016, I made the decision to start recording all incidents, which by then were on a weekly basis, as I knew that at some point in the future, these would form part of my evidence. Finally, in 2018, after the situation suddenly escalated, my partner was arrested and we went to court. Wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you. It must have had an enormous impact on your life. Can you describe the impact it was having on you in the workplace specifically? Prior to KN, I spent a lot of time at my previous company commuting to London, so I was away from home a lot. When I started with KN, I was based in the West Midlands all the time, so there was no break as such from the abuse. Within a week of involving the police and knowing that I would need to attend personal meetings with my solicitors and various authorities, I decided it was time to inform my line manager 
as I would need my hours to be flexible with days working from home to be able to handle everything. It was a brave thing to disclose it to your manager and ask for their support. How did they react to the disclosure? I'd only been with the company for six months and supported George and Scott, so I asked to see them both together. I'm sure at the time they probably thought I was going to resign. I told them that I had been suffering from some time, but finally I had taken action and now had to deal with the court case and organising everything else around security for myself and my daughter. I will never forget the first words from their response, which was, we had absolutely no idea. Sorry to hear this. We will support you in any way we can. What do you need from us? How can we help? That's wonderful. And we will hear from George and Scott after our conversation about their experience of the day. But in that moment, what actions did they take to support you? I was told I could take time off, work from home, be flexible in my hours. In fact, anything I needed to get through the situation. They were both incredibly supportive. And I, I know it's difficult to imagine what if, but can you speculate as to what might have happened if you hadn't had that sort of supportive reaction from your managers? Without their support, I would not have been able to attend various meetings and attend court. And I know that would have been a, had a negative impact on what was needed to create the case and possibly the charge being dropped altogether. Another option would have been to simply leave KN and that was something I didn't want to do. So in essence, their support enabled you both to stay in your job and get justice for what happened. Absolutely. Just having someone to talk to is so important, especially if they've gone through it themselves, as they have some understanding of what you were going through and the best way to deal with the situation and the options available. Having people who really listen and be there for you. It's not unusual for family and friends around the home environment to not believe you as they are too close to the other person. So having someone outside that environment with no preconceptions is vital. Financial support could also make a huge difference as financial institutions are unfortunately way behind with this subject and not so easy for them to support a victim without involving the abuser. Oh, thank you, Esther. You've done a brilliant job of outlining why this support is vital to colleagues who are experiencing abuse and what could happen if they aren't ready or equipped to take that action. That's why Kudanagel's commissioned the Domestic Abuse Awareness Training for line managers so that managers have the tools and resources to hand if their team ever needs support. Our HR team too is now equipped with a policy on domestic abuse, resources, and future planning to further enhance support for our colleagues. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our audience today? Firstly, I would like to take this opportunity to thank KN for investing in this and to thank again the people who supported me personally. Secondly, domestic abuse is a lot more common than anyone would ever imagine. And there is no type of person it affects. It impacts people from all walks of life, regardless of gender, age, or faith. There are people within every team who are suffering from this, and your initial responses and actions as line managers could shape their future and make all the difference. That's absolutely true. Esther, thank you again. Well, good morning. Uh, we're here today to talk to Scott Powell, 
following on from Esther's story and get his perspective on that day. So first, Scott, would you mind introducing yourself and your role and what your role was at the time? Yeah, uh, hello. Um, so currently I'm sitting in the in the corporate team for international supply chain and sea logistics, but uh, at the time um, uh, that we're going to discuss, I was the national director of freight forwarding, so I was responsible for the air and sea branch network in the UK at that time. So yes, that was my role then when... Uh, yeah, when the uh, when the event occurred. Well, well, would you mind telling us a little bit about that day when Esther came to you and to George to disclose her situation and sort of your thoughts and perspective? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think it was um, Esther hadn't long uh, been long with us, and uh, I remember uh, George kind of w- walking into my office saying, like, "Esther's asked to see both of us together." So you kind of had that immediate kind of reaction of, oh, okay, is she not happy? Does she want to leave? You know, someone new into the business. She'd been doing a great job for us already. So I was thinking, okay, already my head was a little bit in the space of, okay, do I need to make sure she's still with us in an hour's time, you know, and, and sort of smooth out any bumps, et cetera. So that was where my, my headspace for that was at. So we, um, so we then went into into the uh, into the room uh, with Esther and uh, kind of in a mental space of right, we're going to deal with what I call a, a usual work issue, if you like, right, and kind of in that headspace. But then it, it became, yeah, I think very very quickly evident that it was something much more um, uh, personal uh, and impactful to Esther, if you like, right. So so we so uh, as I can recall it, we we sat and listened and she kind of took her time and, and, and explained to us the situation that, that she was facing at home, right? Which um, first and foremost, we'd seen no, there's nothing that we saw at work that kind of indicated any of it, right? It was quite a, um, a surprise in, from our perspective, I think or certainly from my perspective in that regard. So just, just yeah, we kind of just allowed her to, in her own time, just kind of uh, express where she was and how she was feeling. Um, and I think then, then just really just trying to help and support her, really. I think, you know, um, work's work and very important. And our careers and everything else is all very important. But first and foremost, it, you know, we're all human, right? And we got somebody yeah. in front of us that was obviously in a very difficult situation that was, um, you know... Um, having to come to terms with what, what she needed to deal with. And, you know, we had to make sure that we were there to support her in, in that regard, you know, and, and make sure she was comfortable to, to, to talk to us at work um, um, when she needed to, but, you know, make sure she got enough uh, time and space to deal with what she needed to deal with in a very, very serious situation, of course. Yeah. Wow. Um that must have been quite a surprise I can imagine going into it thinking it's one thing and then it's something totally different but can you can you talk a little bit about the steps you took to support Esther after that day as some concrete examples of things that you did to help her with her situation yeah sure and I think that that's that's one of the real really um difficult things I have to say is um I think first and foremost, I think you have to allow um, Esther in this regard, of course, but I think anybody that that personal time and space to, to deal with what they're dealing with when you've got such matters, it could be different matters, but, you know, things that are as Im- impactful to people as they as they are in that regard, you know, we need to make sure she's got the time and space to deal with what she needed to deal with, you know, there's some very, very uh, specific uh, things she needed to do um, in that regard. But so kind of given her the time and space to do that, trying to balance that with 
with with us giving us support and help right you know and, and when do you kind of check in and say how are you when do you not yeah you don't want to be intrusive because that's not going to help you know um especially you know in, in the situation we're talking about where you know she was still new to the business so she hadn't kind of built up a network yet you know and she's probably still wanting to um give a great impression you know from, from a from a from a new employee yeah. to a business perspective you know so you kind of it was it was tiptoeing in the right way and trying to make sure that you you were there supportful is there anything we can do to help are you okay um and and then to kind of um enable her when she felt comfortable to come forward and kind of say this is where i'm at just wanted to let you know so um it was a bit of a balancing act in that regard right and i think it's you have to just make a judgment call you know and, and see how things are and um i think me and george tried to work together in that respect you know that was kind of um one of the uh the positives of us both uh, being involved in that you know we kind of sound check each other have you have you heard anything so we weren't both hey how are you you know we were kind of just checking you know have you heard anything is she okay yeah i have she's fine right good we can leave a comfortable end you know i don't need to ask two questions twice on that kind of thing so so we worked it quite um quite well between us i think to try and yeah make sure that she felt comfortable with with the support she was getting but um by the same token not intrusive you know because we did definitely didn't want to do that no exactly and what we understood or what i understood after speaking to esther she felt really supported and had uh, a really good response from you and george and i'm just really curious if you'd ever had any training in how to respond to disclosures of domestic abuse or how, how did you know how to provide that that balanced support to her I, th I think that's yeah so so no formal training that, that i can recall over my career you know um and and specific to those kind of situations absolutely not um but i think there's a couple of points i think i'd kind of bring up in that regard i think first and foremost going back to the terminology that you use which is you know you're dealing with another human being you know this is a person you're dealing with and really just having that natural um that natural empathy i think around the situation that somebody's in i think that, that has to be a human aspect of, of how you deal with the situation but but i think you know i've I, I probably over the years had experiences where um you know dealing with with other line managers where they've offered support if you like in you know in, in not the same situation but in, in very personal situations so i think you know, I've had some personal experience there where people I'd worked for over the years had enabled me to tackle some some things I needed to tackle as well at the time. And I think so you learn a little bit by other by other other leaders doing certain things in that respect. So um and so I think just, just trying to play that out in a in a in a in a real way, I think was was probably some of the kind of internal resources that you end up leaning on, if you know what I mean, in that regard. Yes. Yeah, but, um very, very difficult if you've had no no specific training in it. You are relying on instinct and, and and I guess your own personal experiences over the years in terms of what you what you can um, bring to support somebody in that situation. You know, indeed, and I don't think that everyone will have had the same sort of models that you had previously in your career. So it, it can be a bit of luck of the draw, if, especially if somebody's new to managing or maybe hasn't had uh, that kind of empathetic management in the past. Yeah. So given now that we are going to offer formal training to the line managers in Kudanagal, what would you say to people who, who are being asked to take the training and understand the policy that we're issuing? I, look, I think first of all, it's fantastic that we're really kind of uh, in, in offering uh, our managers the, the ability to get um, skilled in these kind of areas, right? I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, 
you know, I think everybody that's got the opportunity should take it, learn some of the skills, you know. Uh, it's great that Esther felt she had great support from from in, in, in her situation, but personally, I would much, much rather be empowered with some learning around that to handle mm-hmm. it in, in the right way, you know. So I think, you know, I would encourage every manager um, the, to, to take the training and to really kind of build the skill sets up, yeah, in that regard, because... You know, there's whether it's this type of specific situation, there's, there's always going to be, I think, impacts on people. And I think you just need to be um, enabled from a leader's point of view to do the best you can for the people that you're uh, you're leading, you're responsible for, right? In that respect. So, yeah, my my, my message was absolutely be do do the training, learn, get the skill sets, be prepared for the conversations that hopefully you never need to have to have. That's you know great, but be you know being able to be prepared. In case they come. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Scott, for sharing your time and, and your experience with us today. And um, well, we'll hopefully speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Good as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Good morning, George. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we're here today to continue the conversation about domestic abuse in the workplace, following on from the sessions we've had with Esther and Scott. So before we begin today, I'd just like you to introduce yourself and what your role is and what your role was at the time. Thanks, Angela. So pleasure to be here um, to discuss such an important issue. Um, so uh, George Williams, um, I'm currently the Sea Logistics Operations Director. Um, I'm into my 18th year at KN, a variety of different roles. Um, and, and I guess when, when we went through this, this situation to support Esther, um, I was the, the branch manager in Birmingham at that point in time. Great. Thank you so much uh, for being willing to discuss it. And I think the, the main question is really getting your perspective on the events that happened and, and how you supported Esther. So if you don't mind just talking about that day that Esther came to you, you know, and just telling us sort of your perspective and what happened that day. Yeah, so I guess from my perspective, um, es- Esther's one of those colleagues. She's um, an, an unbelievable colleague to work with. She's exemplary in her behaviours, her professionalism. Um, so there was no signs really of anything untoward. There was no, certainly no signs in terms of work-based productivity changes, changes in behaviour, demeanour, um, there wasn't any outwardly physical signs of, of, of any stress or duress. So, so I guess it, it was really quite a shock to me, if I'm brutally honest, when Esther first came and made me aware of the challenges she had um, at home um, outside of work. So I guess it was almost absorbing that as a, as a shock because you don't really expect people to, to come with these kind of challenges in the, in the workplace to you. But I guess once I'd uh, quickly recognised and overcome the, the initial shock, the, the immediate thought process was, one, how do we guide Esther in the right way? And how do, be as, how do we be as human as physically possible to support Esther in any way, shape or form that we could? Yeah, I can imagine that was quite a surprise, especially if you'd not had any indication. Um, but so then what kind of things did you do to support Esther after the disclosure? So I guess first and foremost, we wanted to make sure that Esther was going to be in a safe environment once she was outside of the workplace. So we asked, had she contacted the police? Was she aware of the um, support lines that the company offered that that offered confidential support if necessary? Mm -hmm. Um, What action was being undertaken and all that kind of stuff? 
Um, we reinforced that actually work at that point wasn't a priority. Between myself and Scott, we could pick up what Esther's immediate requirements were. And we wanted her to make sure that she didn't feel that she had to be in attendance at work and she could focus on her own well-being and the support network she needed to establish around her at that point in time. So that was the first thing, first and foremost, to make her feel really comfortable um, that we were we were pleased that she was able to show that level of transparency and communicate to us such a, a difficult problem that she had um, to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you thought of all those different aspects. And it, it really makes me wonder if you'd had any kind of training or exposure to the topic prior to that. No, there was, there was no training around a, a, a specific domestic abuse policy as such. But of course, we've all had a lot of leadership training. Um, KNN has been really good to me in terms of uh, a variety of different leadership courses, um, from the, the crunch training courses to the, the hypo programs. I've done all the leadership level courses, including leadership three. And it's almost applying those methodologies to um, that situation. Um, but of course, the... The, the, the moral elements take over and you feel that you've got obligations as humans and doing right for those people around you um, to ensure that you protect their safety first and foremost in the, in the workplace, right? We want to protect pe people's safety first and foremost, almost like we did through the, the COVID pandemic. It was an instinctive mm -hmm. reaction around the BCP deployment. How do we try and keep our colleagues safe and well? And it was almost that kind of mindset and methodology we tried to work through to, to support Esther in her, her difficult journey. That's great that you had all of that, you know, to, to lean on and to help you in that. And I really, I think it's really great that you have this human approach that you're really thinking about the human element there in terms of the workplace, because that's, that's first and foremost, what we bring uh, to the workplace. And I think then if we, if we look at now what Kununagal is doing with launching a specific policy about domestic abuse and launching training uh, specific to line managers, mental health first aiders and HR managers, do you think that might have helped you in that situation? And what would you say to managers thinking about signing up for this training? It, it would have definitely helped because I felt a little bit uncomfortable, if the truth be told, in that mm -hmm. I didn't have anything prescriptively to follow. It was very much based on at that point, you, you reacted instinctively to protect the, the colleague, knowing just referring them to um, the police if necessary, um, checking and inquiring that they, they are safe outside of it. Do, do they feel that they're safe? But it's a balance because obviously you're trying to not be, you, you're being non-judgmental, you're trying to support, mm -hmm. you have to show high levels of discretion, right? I was very fortunate that Esther was so transparent over it um, with myself and Scott so we could align to make sure we bounced each other's thought processes and were aligned for doing the right thing with one another. Um, clearly we didn't want to prioritise um, work over someone's safety and well-being. That's just a given, right? I'm not quite sure anybody would need training to, to, to want to be able to prioritise someone's safety and well-being over, over work, work comes secondary at that point. Um, and it was really not to try and get individually involved it was trying to assure and guide but obviously not trying to take any interventions around the uh, abuser not to you could imagine in some organizations to seek proof of what's actually going on outside of work mm -hmm. for the absence and, and some of those ridiculous kind of examples you hear from from other people in other org or organizations and that kind of stuff so you yourself aren't the support worker as such um, I wasn't trained in that all I was trained in trying to do the right thing for 
my people at, at that point in time and, and really recognising that if Esther, you're in immediate danger, call the police, call 999. Um, for me, it was important for me to check in with Esther um, outside of work. So a text just to check, just checking in, you're okay, anything that you need, anything we can support on. Um, so she could see that we were showing the right level of, of care and, and support and anything that she genuinely did need um, around a accommodation provision or support that that we could provide as much as practically possible as an organization well i think it's really an amazing case study in a best practice on how to handle it and it really is important what you've said about knowing where that line is about getting involved and what you can and should support with and what mechanisms we have as a as an employer to support um, people in their well-being but also then you know, making sure we're not being intrusive or or taking choices away when what we want to do is, is put that support forward. So I really, really appreciate your your honesty and candid uh, candid response to all of this and, and giving us some insight to that. Thank you so much, George. Pleasure. Thanks for your time. Thank you.